Hi, this is Matt Shaw, pastor at City Lift Church. If you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love for you to come visit us on a Sunday sometime or join us online, citylift.church. We hope today's message fills you with courage and helps you on your spiritual journey. We exist just to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. Enjoy today's message. All right. Good morning. Good morning again. Hey, I get the uh, opportunity today to introduce Orlando Delegadio, our very own this morning, bringing the word for us. I got to hear it this morning. It's, it's going to be awesome. You're in for some good stories. Orlando and his lovely wife, Michelle, you know, it's funny when you plant a church, sometimes God gives you some pillars and sometimes he gives you scaffolding. And when you first plant a church, you need both. You need both to get going. And I can honestly say Orlando and Michelle have been pillars. And without them, we would not have been able to get to where really I think God has called us to go. And, uh, and you know, when I think of somebody that is just a faithful, honoring, consistent as the sun coming up in the morning kind of servant, uh, it's Orlando. And uh, he is really, really, he loves God with all of his heart, but he loves the local church. And man, he, he serves and he serves consistently. And, uh, you know, you can't build great things on inconsistency. Um, consistency is a superpower nowadays, and he really, really carries that. And so would you guys just give it up and show him some love? Welcome him to the front this morning as we get to hear from our own servants. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How you guys doing? Man, this is the second time. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to hug Pastor Matt extra hard today because I don't know how he does this week in and week out. Two services? Ooh, I thought I was done after the first one. <laughs> man. I'm glad to be here. It's an honor to be here. Um, for those that don't know me, I am I'm Orlando. I grew up in California, Northern California specifically, and I grew up in a church. My dad was actually became a pastor when I was like five, five or six, something like that. And it was a Pentecostal church. So, you know, it was, it, yeah, it was lit. It was, it was something. <laughs> but as a pastor's kid, like you grew up in, um, you know, you grow up under a lot of scrutiny, under a magnifying glass. You know, everything got to be, you got to be straight. And if you're not, you know, you better not tell nobody because you got to be straight. And um, growing up there in California, I grew up in a project. So, like, I did church. I grew up. I knew. I went to Sunday school. Like, I know how to do church well. Like, I can be up here and y'all would be like, dang, he is holy. No. Um, and growing up there because of, like, where I grew up and all that, during the week as I was outside, yo, I was a hood rat through and through. I would be out in them streets. I would sell things I'm not supposed to, do things I'm not supposed to. We would rob people. Like, it was, it was a thing, guys. We needed Jesus pretty bad. <laughs> and as I grew up, you know, I, I become a teen and all that, like, you know, get into a bunch of things. And I begin to ask the Lord just because, you know, something in your spirit. I knew God was real. Like, I knew that was true. But there was something going on to where I could not find myself to take away from like this 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 environment this lifestyle and i'm asking god i'm like god what what do i do what can i do i pray i go to church i play the drums my dad's a pastor i fast from time to time like what what can i do and um he gave me an answer the spirit spoke to me and gave me an answer in one verse matthew 6 33 it says but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well and as I read it, I'm like, all right, cool. You want me to go to church every day. You want me to, like, dress a certain way. I can't go out because, you know, if I go out and it's not for, like, a church service, I can't do that. You know, it has to be something holy or something, like, for you. And I'm not, I'm not going to do that, God, and this is boring. Like, I can't physically do that. I need to 
Like, that's not a life to live. And he's just like, no, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I mean. And so I'm going to break it down today in two main areas of our lives. I mean, it can, goes for everything, but I'm going to do it specifically within work and relationships, okay? So we're going to start off on Romans 8, 3 to 6. Now it says, For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteousness requirement of the law may be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Now, Paul is writing this to the Church of Rome. And in that time, the Church of Rome is almost like it's, it's a huge hub, we'll say. You know, Rome is at one of the height of its powers. So there's about a million people living there at a the moment. So you can only imagine just the different cultures that are here, the business, entertainment. Like, there's, there's a bunch of stuff to do. So basically, in that sense, we think about that and we're like, okay, we live in South Miami. Now, with the difference of technology, we have a bunch of people here, like as we see here, different cultures, different backgrounds. There is a plethora of things to do outside. And then work and business, like the world is your oyster, essentially, when it comes to South Florida. Now, in this society, what does it look like to seek God's kingdom first? Like I was saying earlier, does it mean going to church, giving your tithings, serving in some capacity, maybe dressing in a specific way or not dressing in a specific way. Now, as all that is good and it's, it's, okay, please do that. That's great. That's not what falls into seeking God's kingdom first. To seeking God's kingdom, I was able, or at least for myself, I defined it in one simple um, statement. It means to genuinely try and be as Jesus was when he walked this earth. So what does that look like in work and business? Mark 12, 17 says, Jesus said to them, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God. And they marveled at him. Colossians 3, 23-24 says, Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that the master you are serving is Christ. Finally, Deuteronomy 24-14. Do not take advantage of the hired worker who is poor and needy, whether the worker is a fellow Israelite or a foreigner residing into one of your towns. There's a bunch of more verses that has to do with that, but I went to go in with these so that it doesn't matter whether you are an employee, an employer, entrepreneur, freelancer, whatever you may be. What the word of God is saying in here is that with all your dealings, be fair, be truthful, be a good human being, and he will take care of the rest. I'll give an example. I had a situation about a year ago. Now, I own a maintenance company. We do everything from like the technical side of maintenance to restoration all the way to general cleaning of common um, areas for buildings. Now, about a year ago, in one of our buildings, we had to let one of our employees go. The building actually asked. There was something going on, so boom, one day to the next, gone. Now, I was speaking with my business partner in our contract. We have a good like four days when something like that happens to find someone else. But he's telling me, he goes, you know, we, we should cover that. You know, we should go ahead and not leave them hanging. There's something going on. I think it was like a performance review they were going to have like a week later. And he cuttered his back. So in other words, he's telling me, hey, you got to go do the work. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, 
I'm going to be the one coming out here to, to do the cleaning and all that. And I went. I went the first day. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I was a little upset. <laughs> I'm out here cleaning the toilet, and I'm like, man, is this where I'm at right now? Like, what is this? I was pretty upset. I'm not going to lie. I came home, and I was, I was not having it, y'all. I was pretty serious. Day two comes about, and then God brings this verse to my head where it says, like, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then so I changed my mindset. I'm like, all right, God, I'm going to choose to follow you. I'm going to choose to seek your kingdom first in this. Let me be happy at what I'm doing. Let me be grateful that there's work to do. And I did. I went. I was pretty cheery, you know, said what's up to everybody. I did the best job I possibly could and all that. Three days went by. We found somebody. Cool. Now, about a month and a half after that, we had to have a meeting with the regional for some contract stuff. And within this meeting, we wanted to pitch, hey, like we would like to obtain this other building. And as I begin to speak to her, she goes, yo, y'all can have whatever building you want. And I'm like, what you mean? She goes, nah, like the manager from this building that the person got let go, they're pretty close friends. And she told her what was going on. She goes, yo, the fact that you yourself was there to do this work that most people would be like, how am I, the owner, going to be cleaning this toilet, you know, or mopping these floors? I'll give you whatever you want. I know you're going to do the work, and I know you're going to do it correctly, and you're going to take care of it no matter what. And that was just something that it threw me off where I'm like, Jesus, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that I was here thinking, like, he's like, nah, seek first my kingdom, and I will bless you. And not only were we able from now to get five of the buildings, which obviously helps me out financially, but in total, there's nine new employees that work in these buildings. So the blessing of God does not only affect your personal life. It bleeds over, and it begins to bless others. And it's just by the simple fact that we're just seeking first his kingdom. Amen? So we're going to shift gears real quick and go into relationships. Now, within relationships, I first would like to kind of paint a picture um, or an analogy. Picture a tree. Now, within this tree, we have four main components. We have leaves, branches, trunk, and roots. Now, we are the trunks, okay? So that's going to leave three. We're going to have the branches, the trunks, and the roots. Now, within relationship, they're going to fall into one of these categories. Starting from the top, we have our leaves. Now, a tree, on average, has about 200,000 leaves, which is a whole lot of trees. I mean, a whole lot of leaves. Now, the wild thing is, though there is 200,000 of them, they only last for one season. So you have spring, they're growing. Summer, they're good, they're chilling, they're nice. Fall, they begin to shrivel up and fall out. Winter, it's dead. There ain't nothing there. Now, these are usually people you meet in social settings, you know, just, hey, what's up, how you doing? Maybe at the gym, yo, what up? Cool, great people, that's it. There's no real depth in there, but it's needed. Every leaf collects photosynthesis to like feed the tree. So it's not that you can be a hermit and be like, nah, I ain't gonna say what's up to nobody. I'm gonna just have a straight face. Like, nah, it's needed to have, you know, we'll call them these leaves in your life to at least have that good warmth interaction. Now in the second tier, we have branches. Obviously there's a little less than leaves. Now branches on average can last anywhere from four to five years. There's some that last more, but on average, we're looking at about four to five years. Now, within these four to five years, either when it comes to a strong storm or just a simple weight, a branch can break off. 
and it requires a lot of force that hurts. You feel the pressure of the earth just when a, when a branch falls. Now within these are people that are probably a little bit more long lasting, like maybe people you met at school or at work, you know, you guys have been cool for a good minute, but they moved, they, they went to a different job, they went to a different state, and you never really hear from them again. And within this, you know that it is also said that you should prune a tree anywhere from 10 to 15%. So there are times to where it is needed to cut this branch off, just because it's not either not producing fruit, the transfer of food and energy that it's trying to give is not, is not happening, so you gotta cut it off so it doesn't affect the, the tree. Now, the wild part is that a branch can break off, but a new one can always grow in its place. And that's very interesting. It's not to say that the branch that broke off will regrow. Like, that's done. That's gone. But you can always have a new one grow in its place. Something to think about. And now, lastly, we have our roots. Our roots, they run deep. They, they try to search out for water. The deeper the root is, doesn't matter how strong the storm is, it is, is there. You know what I mean? Like, it can, the tree can tip over. It can bend. It doesn't matter. The roots will hold you down. These are your ride or die. These are those people that no matter what, they're, they're there for you. You can call them and whoop, whoop, we out. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like they'll pray for you. Um, hopefully, if you're married, this is your spouse. Um, a couple like immediate family members and like I said, your peoples. Those are, those are your roots, okay? So I just wanted to get that picture in our head when it comes to relationships. Now, what does the Bible say about it? Proverbs 27, 5 through 6. Better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Finally, Luke 3, 31. Do unto others as you will have them do to you. Very simple verses, but very powerful verses. What the Bible is talking about here when it comes to relationships is pretty simple. <laughs> Your roots, you know, Proverbs 27, 5 through 6. They will tell you not necessarily what you always want to hear, but what you need to hear. But because you know they're here to feed you, they're here to be your people, they do it in a loving way, not necessarily just being like, hey, man, you're ridiculous. What the heck is wrong with you? Like, that's not really the way that you should say that. But just like, yo, like this and this and this is not cool, bro. Like, let's pray together and let's work this out. Right? And then do unto others as you will have them do to you. I'll give an example of this. And this works in situational things. So about a week ago, me and my wife were about to go on a date night. And we're pulling out of our apartment. And as we're pulling out, I want to say we're about 85 95% pulled out. And uh, some dude comes up and just honks his horn. But, you know, not that doo -doo, It's that like hard honk. And, yo, I was ready for all that smoke. I was... I, it's like a moment, a moment notice. I put my window down. I yelled, what? I grabbed the door handle. I'm like, come on. And in that split second, y'all, God is working on me. Just, God is working on me. But in that split second, a flurry of verses came to my mind. And it was a soft answer. Turns away the wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And that's in Proverbs. and Romans, if possible, so far as it depends on you, leave peacefully with all. I'm working on that one. Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. And all this happens in quick seconds. And I let go of the door handle and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, Jesus. Put it on drive and I just drive out. I chose to seek God's kingdom first in that moment. I didn't allow my emotions, my natural response 
to, to come out in that situation. And we had a good time. We went, we had our date night, and it was great. What if the other thing would have happened? What if we got in a fight? What would that help? He calls the police. Then, you know, there's a situation. Or he's crazy. We live in Florida. He pulls out a gun. Like, y'all never know. You know what I mean? Like, so much could have happened. But to seek his kingdom first, like, when, when I started to really, like, see the expansion of what that means, a weight came off because it simplifies so much things in life. I'm here stressing on, okay, how am I going to be a good husband? How am I going to be a good boss? How am I going to be this? When God's like, yo, like, worry about that. Seek my kingdom, and all that will be an eventual outcome because of that. And I just felt that weight and that stress come off of me, and I'm just like, whoo, okay, this makes sense. It's not about how much I pray. It's not about, you know, coming to church every day, which is great. Like, I love seeing y'all. Y'all cool people, you know. But, like, it's about what his word says and choosing to go through that. Now, I'm going to leave you guys with this last imagery. Imagine you, you know, pull out your phone. You're going to put uh, the GPS into some place. You turn your music on. Boom, you blast it. Something nice to get you going. And you're cruising. Or if you live in Florida, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're moving. <laughs> Whatever you do, just do it safely. But you're doing that, right? As soon as you're getting to this destination, what do you usually do? You turn the music down. Why? Because the music, the noise, doesn't allow us to focus. The building is there. The GPS is telling us is there. But we have to turn it down. When that came to me, I'm like, God, you just want us to turn the music down a little bit. He's not telling us to turn it off. Enjoy it. But he just says, turn it down. I'm giving you the location. My word is the GPS. It's telling you where you need to go. You just have too much noise around to where you can't focus. Let me pray for you. Lord and Heavenly Father, first and foremost, I want to thank you, God, for this day. I want to thank you for everyone that's here represented today, God. Thank you for the lives that are here, God. You have brought them up to this place, and you have done many and great things in their life, God. I ask that you help all of us turn the music down just a little bit, God. Allow us and help us to focus on you, God. Focus on your word so that we may first seek your kingdom. So that when any situation comes about, God, what your word says, God, is what quickly comes into our minds so that we may choose, God, that path. And in turn, God, the blessings, and not only that, but the testimony that we will be as your children, God, will shine through in every and any situation. I bless everyone here, God. May they always be safe, and may they have a beautiful weekend. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Share with a few friends. Thanks for helping us make Jesus famous right here in South Florida. Again, if you're in the Fort Lauderdale area, we'd love to see you sometime. Or as always, visit us online, citylift.church. Have an amazing week.